Hello, and welcome to episode 252 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm James. And today we are going to start walking through individual cards from individual colors from uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan. I was like, it's not it's not Journey to the Center of Ixalan. I mean, uh, it might as well be. Right? Might as well be, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the uh, last couple weeks we talked about the mechanics, so if you're interested in that, I think that was two weeks ago, we did our mechanics episode, and then last week was our limited breakdown, where we talked about what all the different limited archetypes were, so check that episode out if you haven't heard that one, and uh, this week we're going to start getting into some constructed stuff, so we're going to talk about, I don't know, we got a pretty good list of cards here, Brian picked some, I picked some, and we're going to go through and give you our thoughts. Yeah, so if you got uh, any cards you think we should talk about or just want to say hey, reach out to us on like social media, Facebook, Discord, uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter, even email if you're, yep. you know, above 30. Um, <laughs> uh, we're active there. Discord, we talk, uh, you know, people get talking, especially when new sets come out. Yeah. So uh, come by, say hey, all those links are in the description. Yeah, stop in, let us know what you think. Uh, if you're looking to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. The first is with our TCG Player affiliate link, casualtryhard.com slash TCG. Follow that link on over to TCG Player. doesn't matter what you buy. As long as you use that link to get there, uh, we will get a percentage of your final purchase price to help keep the lights on over here at Studio CTH. Um, if you want to support us more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes, so you get kind of a sneak peek about what the show is going to be about, as well as some of our inner thoughts that are kind of scrawled in the margins almost. Um, patrons also get access to our pre-show, about another hour's worth of content out of us every week. Completely unscripted, unedited. Uh, we don't even know what we're going to be talking about during pre-show. It's kind of just a chance for us to catch up and make sure our equipment's working. Uh, but we record it for you guys. Patrons yeah. really seem to like it, so... Uh, if you like that, or you want access to those show notes, or you want to be put on my mailing list for when I have stuff to send out, or if you just want to support the show, uh, patreon.com slash casualtryardmtg. Chip in as much as you want, dollar, two dollars, five dollars, whatever you think, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, we got cards. We, we got, got them cards. cards. So, we're going to start with white. Yep. Um, we still have not looked at, uh, a pronunciation guide. Oh, yeah. So. Names are going to be challenging. Yeah. Abuelos? Abuelos? It's uncle? I think it's Abuelo, because that's, uh, we got that restaurant here, right? Abuelos? Yeah, isn't that like Grandpa or something? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. So, uh. I took uh, French. (laughs) I took Spanish in in a West Virginia high school, so. Um. (laughs) So, so it was uh, only barely English. He's barely English. So Abuelo's Awakening is an, is a sorcery for X blue uh, X three and a white. There we go. X three and a white, and return target uh, artifact or non aura enchantment card from your graveyard to the battlefield with X additional plus one plus one counters on it. It is a one one spirit with flying in addition to its other types. That's so a weird card. It's baseline refurbish, but you refurbish your thing back as something super fragile. Right? Yeah. Like, so I was thinking 
right? You could use this for, let's say, a portal to Phyrexia, right? Mm -hmm. Like as like a like one sided wrath, and if they kill it, it's not the end of the world. You still like wrath their board. It's true. Like artifacts that have like ETB abilities. So like in Pioneer, this now gives you eight refurbishes. Mm-hmm. Right, so the portal to Phyrexia, I mean, like a turn four cityscape leveler that, yeah. you know, if you get to untap with it, it's a one mana, it's a, it's a one one flyer that just nukes a permanent every turn. And you don't exile it or anything, so like if they then killed it after you got like one swing in with your. You just do it again. Yeah, or you like, then you could unearth your cityscape leveler. Mm hmm. Right. But, like, I thought Portal was good. Um, okay, God Pharaoh's gift. Yeah. If, like, you know, as long as you can get to your attack step. Right. Right. Like, you could, you know, maybe get enough value off of that. I mean, we have way better things to reanimate now than uh, Angel of Sanctions. Right. Yeah, Angel of Invention. And Angel of Invention, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Angel of Sanctions was also a card. But, um, it was. But not, like, in, not in Gift, though. Yeah, but like a Tally is a 4-4 zombie that casts you two spells. Mm-hmm. Or a Traxa that draws you a bunch of cards is way better. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that could I, I be guess something it to didn't try. really, like, because of the casting cost and, like, all the extra tests, I really didn't think about it. It's just refurbishes five through eight. Yeah. Um, I assume that it was on here because you wanted to do something cool like making your ley line and then a creature or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. It's it's not what it, it's not opalescence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, just like it's cheap enough and doing like, and it's not like was it Dance of the Mance where yeah. like X had to be like the casting cost. Yeah. Right. This is still letting you get something cheap, but it's like a cheap thing that like readily falls apart. Yeah. Right. So any like big artifact with an ETB or like that you can like feel pretty safe to get the trigger is yeah. probably interesting to do. Um, I mean, I guess you could also like this would be kind of cute to use with Bolas Citadel, right? Oh, yeah. Like you just like get your Citadel back and then you're just like. Go off. All right, like how many cards can I get through? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, like, almost probably would have to be like Mardu, which yeah. is weird. Or, because like the red's where you get the discard from. Right. Or Naya, and you're just like, I could never cast this thing. But <laughs> just never, never even bother. Never even bother, bother, but I have eight ways to get it back. I have a bunch of green things to gain me life. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm racing to four mana. Well, I mean, there's plenty of white stuff that can gain you life, too, if you really wanted to. Oh, yeah, I guess, like... I guess there's enough uh, Soul Warden effects that, like, Prosperous Innkeeper is just, like, yeah. not not that big of a deal. Because, like, Woe Strider plus a thing that does Prosperous Innkeeper yeah. is really all you need. And then, like, having, oh, gosh, Valdorit Apicure and Insolent Neonate as your, mm-hmm. as, like, your cheap discard outlets. 
and yep. they both would like let you get through the top card of your deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, like knee and eight for like no mana. Um, so like that could be interesting, but I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, like if they're like if they like tap out, you're just like all right, like end of your turn, put the citadel in the graveyard, let's go, go time. All right, next up. Uh, next up we have Fabrication Foundry. Yeah. Uh, one and a white for an artifact. You can tap it to add white to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast an artifact spell or activate an ability of an artifact. And you can pay two and a white and tap it. Exile one or more other artifacts you control with totem, total mana value X. Return target non-artifact or er, target artifact card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery. Um, two mana mana rocks. Like yep. I know this one's limited, but so a while back there was, and this doesn't fit perfectly in that deck, but there was a mono black like ramp deck, mm-hmm. in uh, it may have still been historic before we split into like made up cards and uh, explorer that yep. played um. Forsaken Monument, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it played. It was black because you got like if near Deadlands yeah. to like kill something, and then like you. It was like the cheapest four mana sweep. Like you got like Extinction Event kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in ex in Explorer slash Pioneer, like that deck was built around like um. Guardian Idol Mindstone. Yeah. Right? Now you have Fabrication Foundry, which could move, like, you know, a, a turn of, you know, a sequence of Iron Crag into this, into the um, uh, Forsaken Monument, and then just, like, big things that follow yeah. could be quite powerful. So just, like, Back-to-back sets, we've had somewhat limited two mana mana rocks. And this made me think, like, oh, you can play, like, Depopulate. Or Mm -hmm. um, there's another, like, Shatter the Sky. Yep. Right? And, like, there's your kind of removal in in white. And then you get Forsaken Monument and then uh, an artifact that we have later on um in in here and could like you could get to a lot of mana quickly it'd be limited but but if you have artifacts that you know not that um pentad prism is the best example but someplace you could put the white mana to Mm -hmm. turn it into another type of mana that's true right like some filtering artifact uh, could be could be good as well. I don't think there's like we unfortunately don't have um, the signets, right? Uh, but like something like that where you could like you know filter your mana into yeah, usable. Yeah, wouldn't be embarrassed playing it anyway. Yeah, and then just lets you like skip the whole like actually like, like is there like a three mana mana rock that has like a one make a mana of any color kind of like effect. Like, something like that could be... You're like, I don't mind playing this mana rock, and it makes my Fabrication Foundry better. 
Yeah, it, I mean, I know you mentioned Pentad Prism, but like Prophetic Prism. That's what I meant, Prophetic Prism. Thank you. Oh, okay. I well, have, I mean, pen, Pentad Prism, I guess, would work too. Would work but. too. I have not said the right name of like any card today. We're just <laughs> really killing it. But yeah, well, uh, Prophetic. Well, I mean, the upside of using Prophetic Prism, though, is you get to draw draw your card off it so you can, you know, re it replaces itself. And then when you're done filtering your mana, you use the second ability to go get another one, draw a card, go get another one, draw a card, go get another one, draw a oh, card. Oh, yeah, you just kind of, like, chew through it. Yeah. Yeah, like, you're, if you have, like, a... Like, if you had a some, like, two mana... Some way to get the, the prophetic prism yeah. in, your, in your graveyard. Yeah. And then you just... I mean, I guess there's a bunch of uh, things you can craft with and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Though those exile. But yeah, like some way to like feed it into your graveyard. But I was yeah. thinking this is a way to get like imagine you play a bunch of like pain lands. Mm -hmm. So they tap for colorless for when you have Forsaken Monument. Yep. But they also tap for white for Fabrication Foundry. Mm -hmm. So like you can kind of like do like kind of have almost like the best of both worlds where you're like, oh, when I need colored mana, I have it. But when I need colorless mana to pay for yeah. this thing, I have that as well. But yeah, just we went from no real two mana mana rocks for like five time. years, six years. Yeah. Like there was that bad one from Shadows that was like you had to exile cards from the graveyard with it. And then you could like tap for yeah. like the color of the cards under it or something weird. And that was like the last one. And then we just have like two that are limited, but not super limited. Right. And the way things usable. the way things were going, like there's going to be like some four mana conditional artifact wrath, right? Where there's mm -hmm. going to be like one white, white, white for an artifact that comes in and like blows up the world. Right. And then gains you one life a turn or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like they're going to have a yeah. like, I, was, I couldn't remember what's what the text on Cataclysmic Gearhulk was. It's but like, uh, choose one of each permanent type and sacrifice the rest. Okay, but like, you know, I don't. Do you, your opponent gets to pick their creature types, their their card types, right? You don't. Yeah, each, each player chooses okay. one of each. Because I knew it wasn't as good as Cataclysm. Yeah, but like. You know, some creature like that, that's an artifact creature that comes in and, like, blows stuff up. Like, yeah. this gets you to that faster in terms of, like, oh, hey, I have to, like, I need a Wrath that Fabrication Foundry can cast. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it, hypothetical card, if it's an artifact, this can also buy it back when you need to do it again. Yes. I mean, like, uh, what is it? Red and black both have an X color color blow up the world enchantment it's true yep. like how far away from like x white white mm -hmm. blow up creatures with power x or less yeah i mean this like this second ability wouldn't work with that though no it wouldn't but like hey i need to like wrap yeah ramp into a wrath so i don't die yep and like this would do that if you had an artifact one so it's like it's there to get you the artifact payoffs, but mm -hmm. not quite there uh, for, like, what else you would need. You'd want to have in, in that kind of deck, right? You'd want to have, you know, a four-mana Wrath that you could cast on turn three. Yeah. 
kind of thing. But it's interesting because it's not an effect we've gotten very often. And it's just like, they're like, ah, screw it, whatever, who cares? Obviously, it's not an effect that we have very often because uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. And uh, these cards are legal on Arena as of today. And when I signed in, uh, it, I got a message that said this card's not working on Arena, so it's not on Arena right now. Oh, it's not? Yep. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's bugged, so they just said, nope, not on Arena yet. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. It's like, it doesn't impact the draft archetype that much. It's fine. Yep. All right, next up we have... Next up. Get Lost, one on the white for an instant. Destroy target uh, creature, enchantment, or planeswalker. This controller creates two map tokens. Yeah, I think we talked about this one briefly um, during our mechanics episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to recap, uh, our two maps, better, worse, or the same as the clue from Deckenstone. Or the clue from Fateful Absence. Or the clue from Fateful Absence, yeah. So, from what people who played, like, the early access event have said, maps are significantly worse than clues. Makes sense to me. And imagine you're a control deck, and, like, your whole shtick is you don't let your opponent have, like, permanence. Right. Right? You get lost something, they have to have a creature to activate the... That's true. The the map on. So, like... It could just be a piece of cardboard that literally has no text if they don't have creatures. Yep. And on the flip side, if you're playing against a control deck and you kill their um, Teferi, mm-hmm. these are just two pieces of cardboard that have literally no text because they have no creatures, right? right? Like, you just have to kill their Kahira. Yep. Right? So, like, you just don't have... Like there are there are times where this is just like better terminate, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, way better terminate. Yeah, like way better terminate. And now there are times where like it can get a little sketchy. Yeah. Right. Like if you have to kill their if they have three creatures and you have to kill their best one. Yeah. Right now they can maybe draw cards or make their thing bigger. But, like, the card they draws a land. Right, as opposed mm-hmm. to it could be anything. It could be a boat. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know what they've drawn, right? You you That's know what, like you have it. like additional information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the the downside though is in that scenario where they have another creature on board already. Like you kill their best creature, and then, I mean. Two mana at any point, probably after turn three, is kind of negligible. Yeah, or like one, right? Because you can split it up. You can do one and one, yeah. But then, like, you also... Not only did you potentially... Well, you definitely gave them card selection. You potentially gave them card advantage. But you also made their worst creature... Better. Like, a real threat. That you now have to waste another piece of... Like, maybe you wouldn't have normally killed their shambling gassed but now it's a 3-3 fair um it depends I think that there are definitely 
it's not one of those things that you can say it's strictly better than Fateful Absence, right? right. Ignoring the enchantment uh, text, yeah, right. But as a creature or planeswalker removal spell, I don't think it is strictly better. But there are definitely going to be situations, yeah, where it is like way better. Where like, yeah, I mean, any kind of deck that's like not applying a ton of pressure, this is going to be better in. Yeah, any creature light deck is just yeah. like I can't use this thing. Yeah. So, like, I definitely think it is probably, I definitely, probably, good good sentence construction. That's right. I think it's probably going to take a lot of um, deck space that Fateful Absence had. Maybe yeah. you get into a situation where you, like, if you're a control deck, maybe you split them. You yeah. do, like... You might do like three and one or, or two and two or something. Mm-hmm. Depending Have on some kind of balance of them in the sideboard. Yeah, so you can like kind of adjust it. Um, but I think it's a really strong card. Yeah. And is definitely gonna have times where it just you use it and then your opponent has no targets. Right. And like I guess also the flip side is if you're applying pressure, right? Like you may make it time to use the maps. Exactly. So it's kind of like with uh, same as like, uh, Oh God, uh, fateful absence where like, you don't give them time to use the clue. Yeah. Like here, you just like, okay, yeah, you're not going to have time to like how you're not gonna have a spare mana laying around to do the thing because I'm going to keep you under pressure. So yeah. And the fact that they just chucked enchantment on it, like, (laughs) Like, it's just missing, like, in three sets, we're going to get creature, enchantment, artifact, or planeswalker. Yeah. Uh, you know, target player gets, like, two garbage pails. <laughs> Sack in Modern artifact. Horizons 3, it's going to hit lands, too. Yeah, exactly. It'll just be Vindicate without the black. Yep. Um, so, it's interesting. It's definitely like constructed power level mm-hmm. playable. So, all right, what do we got next? Next, we got Helping Hand, a single white mana for a sorcery. Return target creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. I mean, it's fixed in air quotes, unearth. Yeah, I mean, if by fixed you mean doesn't cycle, but. Well, in the fact that it comes into play tapped. Like, I think oh, that sure. is... Like, because if it didn't come into play tapped, I think enters the battlefield tapped unless it is not Grease Fang. Should be what's on that. <laughs> yeah. Right? All non-Grease Fang... All non-rats enter the battlefield untapped, or all rats enter the battlefield tapped. Yeah. Because I think that this would have been... When they were designing this set, Mm-hmm. Grease Fang was a very big deal. True. And I don't know how we would have held up with a one mana get back your Grease Fang. Yeah. Right? The the games that you were like, Stitcher Supplier hit uh, Parhelion and uh, a Grease Fang and then go like Thoughtseize, Helping Hands, Helping hand. Kill You. Yeah. Probably... Probably a little too high for that to be okay. <laughs> yeah. But I think that it's um 
it's I don't know if it's good enough because of the tapped thing. If it was untapped, I'd be like, oh yeah, cool. Because like, you don't you... think it's good enough at all. You think that's the only place that it can be used is for grease fang, and the tapping breaks it. Um, well, I was also thinking like, uh, oh gosh, uh, oh gosh, Storm Herald. Yeah. Like I think well, that you, you can mu- put the enchantments anywhere though. You, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, ha- you have to have Storm Herald have friends. Yeah. Um, but like the. I think you could do it if you were like a very value centric deck where you like your creatures come in and like get you stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, so I was like Jim Davis talking about like, wouldn't you rather just have like another creature in this slot? Like if you have like two of these in your opening hand, you kind of don't have a thing. Probably. And like unearth having the cycle gives you a way out of that like nightmare scenario. Yeah. And this doesn't, I mean, but uh- Unless you're trying to hit a specific thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, if you don't care that the thing comes into play tapped... Yeah. Then, like, fine. But my first thought was, like, Grease Fang, Storm Herald, like, these things that, like, you know, we're using the graveyard we want to get back anyway. Yeah. But I I don't know if it's good enough because of the tapped thing. If it was not tapped, then, like, I think 100%, like... It would like just go in Grease Fang, because you'd yeah. have like effective turn two kills all the time. Yeah. Or like, could you imagine like in modern, if like you know maybe then like Grease Fang becomes a deck in modern where you like have Unearth plus this. Well, you, I mean, you have Unearth though. Yeah, but like now you have eight of that effect. Oh yeah. I guess like that might not matter, because like you still only have four Greasy Boys, but. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what would you, like, you just want to, like, bring back, like, just cool value things? Well, I I mean, there there are plenty of combos in Magic. Yeah. And not all of them require you to tap the thing that you're returning to the battlefield. This is fair. Um, I mean, I, I didn't have any particular use case in mind. I just... Yeah. I was under the assumption that... Uh, this you, was still like playable and you know pioneer at the very least. You, it might be like you may very well be right that I'm not thinking of like what the best use case is. Yeah. Like, I mean, even something like dumb, like oh gosh, what is it? Gloom. Gloom something. The one green black three two enchantment creature. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, that like, I think it only gets back a permanent though. Yeah. But, like, if you had some way to, like, get the thing back and rebuy your and helping gloom hands. Shrieker? Maybe it's gloom, sh- gloom Shrieker. Like, you know, like, an eternal witness kind of effect where you're just, like, get back a thing. Do it again. Yeah. Get back a thing. Right? Where you just are like, yeah, I can, like, buy three three drops out of my graveyard on turn three just by, like, doop, doop, doop. Yeah. So. I yeah, I mean, know. I guess that's another thing you could do as well. Like, some sort of dread shell where, you you know, you get back your first prize amalgam and then it brings three more uh yeah like yeah you could definitely like bring back my thing and then just like everyone comes back yeah we're we're probably missing something someone's like screaming at their phone like right now like you fools there's yeah, sure. this thing but we're not that well, smart hit us up let us know yeah next up 
Warden. Warden. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you first. Okay. Warden of the Inner Sky. A single white mana for a 1-2 human soldier. As long as Warden of the Inner Sky has three or more counters on it, it has Flying and Vigilance. And you can tap three untapped artifacts and or creatures you control to put a plus one, plus one counter on Warden of the Inner Sky. Scry one. Activate only as a sorcery. Um, the activate only as a sorcery is big sad. Um, yeah. This is a soldier. It's a human. It is. It's mm-hmm. a one drop. Yep. So in like Pioneer Humans that doesn't have um, Champion of the Parish. Oh, yeah. Right, you play this, and then like you play your Thalia's lieutenant, and it puts a counter mm-hmm. on it. Yep. And now you're now you've got one counter, and then right you like then maybe you have to like at some point if you don't have attacks like just like pump 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 it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I don't know if that. I guess I really haven't seen a Pioneer Humans list. Do they play Thraben Inspector? Because that's two things towards this. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, they do, or they have. Yeah. Um, like the deck just is like has like really anemic one drops. Yeah, and like it doesn't say other. Right, it can tap itself. Yeah, so like a a like, you know, you play three of an inspector and then this and like another one drop, and you can just tap it, the yeah. three of an inspector and the clue. And if this thing's uh, turned on, woken up. Whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, it has vigilance, so you can swing and then do then pump it. Yeah, good point. Like when it's attacking, yeah, and that's again, probably why it says only as a sorcery because I don't want you to. Oh yeah, that's right. We can't do that. We have to do it afterwards. A combat trick. Yeah. Boo. Boo. Or, or it might be, uh, you know, tinfoil hat time, because they didn't want to hold people up on their turn on arena. Oh, that could be too. Waiting for you to like decide to activate it. Yeah. So this just lets you pass through faster. Makes sense as well. Um But no, I think it's just like the best one drop for humans in Pioneer. Probably. If like that deck can be like a thing, like it probably is helped by Warden of the Inner Sky. So just real quick, I don't know anything about the story of Ixalan, but like mm-hmm. is Ixalan like hollow earth is it just like we've got like the little pilot pirate like people hanging out like on the water on top but then there's just like a giant hollow core that's full of looks at card dragons flying around (laughs) from what i can tell yes um like i said during the pre-show and a couple i don't know a week or so ago in discord the uh the guy that i normally check out for my my story recaps, I haven't been fed his videos lately, and I haven't had a ton of time to go seeking them out either, so I don't know what the actual story is. But, yeah, from, from what I understand, it's hollow, hollow Ixalan. Awesome. Okay. Yep. Just this thin layer f- with water on top and then a giant world underneath. Yeah, what's that, hole, hole in the Arctic Circle or something? <laughs> yeah, so, you just walk in. Is that what it is? Yeah. I think that's where... Uh, was that like one of the Godzilla movies? They had to go to like some like Antarctica, and there was like a hole that like got you into like where yeah. Godzilla's from. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I think it's the Arctic, no, not the Antarctic. Okay, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I that's one of those movies that you like watch and like you retain nothing from other than like <laughs> big dinosaur punch big monkey. Right. The end. 
That's what all hap- that matters. What happened? Uh, they fought on a boat. <laughs> and then what happened? Then they fought, like, in the earth. And then what happened? I think it ended. One of, <laughs> one of two genres of movie where the story is not important? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. We got Blue. Yeah. Uh, this was one that you... W- specifically wanted to talk yes. about right so this is braided net it's a two and a blue it's uh and it comes into play with uh three net counters on it thanks wizards for giving us plus one plus one counters and net counters yeah. net counters yeah i'd like to point out net counters does give like 1994 vibes <laughs> where you just have random name counter for exactly. a thematic thing yeah, yeah exactly uh these each counter is a head yeah. um so <laughs> rock hydra yes remove a net counter from braided net tap another target non-land permanent its activated abilities can't be activated for as long as it remains tapped mm-hmm. so they've worded this so you can tap planeswalkers oh yeah that's interesting so like in their upkeep you can turn off their planeswalker yeah that's cute um but what was interesting was the backside. So this has craft for one and a blue. And the backside is braided. Keep you? Yeah, keep you. I don't know. Uh, Something. Neat looking shirt thing. Um, so this is three and a blue. Uh, so it's got an activated ability, three and a blue. Draw a card for each artifact you control. Then put uh, braided kipu into its owner's library third from the top. Like, this could just draw you a ton of cards. Yeah. Like, so Especially many Especially if you got a way to, like, get through your deck, like, activate into fairy or something. Yeah, but, like, you can just, like... But, like, imagine, like, four mana draw five. Yeah. It's just, like, fine. And, like, I know it was a long time ago, but, like, Tumble Magnet has, like, seen play in the past. Mm-hmm. Just, like, you know, tap their best thing. And the fact it's like a free icy manipulator that taps their, right. that like deactivates planeswalkers is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right? Where they're like, you know, whatever. Oh, what is it called? Wandering Emperor. And you're just like, yeah, no. No. Like, you, you can't do that. Like, you don't, get to, you don't get to make your soldier on your turn or whatever. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, this side is what I thought was like most interesting was like if you are able to like make this four mana draw six draw seven yeah i mean if you got some treasures or clues or bloods or whatever their random artifact token kicking around foods maps you god help you god help your opponent if they're like get get lost one of your things you're like excellent that's just two cards (laughs) like two cards on layaway thank you very much perfect all right, next up in blue, we have Confounding Riddle. Uh, two and a blue for an instant, and you choose one. Look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard, or counter target spell unless its controller pays four. Now, we pretty much had this exact card back in Amonkhet, right? Mm-hmm. Supreme Will. Supreme Will, yep. So uh, the card was very good then. Yeah. So the differences are Supreme Grill puts the cards on the bottom of your library. Yeah, this puts them in the graveyard. And Supreme Will was pay three. Was it? I thought it was pay four. I everyone's like I will check. Uh, because 
I was li- everyone was like, oh, this is so much better. Supreme Will MTG collectible card game. No, that's Supreme Verdict. No, try again. Wrong Supreme. Wrong Supreme. Uh, is it pay four? No, it's pay three. Oh, okay. According to Gatherer, it is pay three. So this is kind of better on both ends. Yeah, I don't know that like the difference between pay three and pay four is that big though. I'm like, at, at what point is your tax just like? Counterspell. I mean, I think this, this stays counterspell longer. Well, sure. I mean, that was more. That was more my thought. Is like it's counterspell for longer, or yeah, okay. cancel for longer. Yeah. And like any kind of graveyard synergies you have, like this just like enables them. Yeah, it ramps them up. Yeah. So just the fact that it is a graveyard enabler plus cancel for a really long time yeah is i mean is, I, I guess like it had they had to make this in your graveyard instead on the bottom of your library for descend though right exactly like i know yeah. we we know why it's like this but like it still makes it more powerful right i mean sure. that's the difference between like consider and opt right right like everyone's like oh i'd rather have it in my graveyard yeah so right like you know if if we ever get delve cards in standard again, mm-hmm. right? Then like, you know, you know, for standard or like pioneer, that makes confounding riddle way better. Right. All right. For sure. What's then that? we have kite sail larcenist, uh, two and a blue for a two, three human pirate. It has flying and ward one. And when Kite Sail Larcenist enters the battlefield, for each player, choose up to one other target, artifact, or creature that player controls. For as long as Kite Sail Larcenist remains on the battlefield, the chosen permanents become treasures. With tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color, and lose all other abilities. So, uh, you, you like a Banisher Priest? Yeah. This is just blue, like... Banisher Priest, what is the actual card that gets played down that turns into a 3-3 that, like, the werewolf? It's a white oh, one. Um, yeah. Yeah. The more, the, more, the more topical name, I cannot remember. <laughs> um, but, like... Brutal Cathar? Brutal Cathar, there we go. Yep. And Brutal Cathar is a 2-2. Two, two. Yep. This is a 2-3, so it doesn't, it doesn't eat um, Play With Fire. Right. And it has Ward 1. Now... In theory, they can pay the ward with their treasure, but then you've just killed their thing. Yeah, they still lose their thing. Uh, this also has evasion. Yeah, like this just seems like a very pushed, brutal Cathar in blue. Yep. And also, um, again, if you're keeping track at home, another human. Yeah, this kills one of your things too, though. Uh. Oh no! It's up to one. I up to one, yeah. for each player. You can turn your map one. into a treasure. You can turn your map into a treasure. Yeah. But like this could push you to like, um, Esper humans, right? Mm-hmm. Where you play like this and um, Reflector Mage, and then mm-hmm. you have like Kate Sail Free- Freebooter, and then uh, General Kudro, yep. or like Bant, where you would get Collected Company, and this. Oh yeah. And Reflector Mage and Brutal Cathar yeah, and uh, 
all whatever. of your creatures just eat a creature when they ETB? Yeah, and what's the, there's like the, he's a legend. It's like one white green, all like your creatures get plus one, plus one. It's like King something rather with like oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah, yeah. stack of Roman numerals after his name. Yeah. Right, like you could have any number of, like all your three drops are just like some versions of a two for one. Yeah. So, like, this is just a weird effect to get in blue. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, blue does polymorph stuff. It does. Um, but also, like, it's a good creature. Like, we've seen that, like, yeah. the the ward one on Rafine is super annoying. Yeah. Right? So the ward one here is going to be super annoying. Yep. And, yeah, so it just kind of is a weird card in blue and, like, could open up ways for blue to like interact with creatures that they haven't had before yeah i mean it's also kind of cool if you have like a way to flicker this oh yeah because like if you put your opponent in a place where they need to use that mana then you just like flicker this and make another thing a treasure yeah or they or they feel like they're like oh haha i can play my five i can play my shieldred on turn three right and then you just flicker this and then eat their shieldred yeah and he's like, all right, cool. Like, we killed one thing, and now we've, like, made Shieldred a treasure. Like, we've come yeah. out far ahead on this exchange. Yeah, I guess that, like, makes this thing kind of a killer tempo play if you can find a way to make it ETB a whole bunch of times because you can play it early and, you know, hit something that's pressuring you but isn't really worthy of being a treasure. Mm-hmm. And then later in the game, like you said, you hit their shield grid or you hit you know, whatever. Yeah, you like they're a track side, you're like, you know. Yep. Uh so yeah, but this is very like like it gives you it gives blue a way to play like that white game plan mm-hmm. with like some other cards we, we might we'll see of like, yeah. you know, one, two, three aggressive, but like all the blue stuff just also flies. Mm-hmm. So you're just able to do like do that like aggressive like, I'm just going to curve out, and then, like, you know, we've all had the, like, they play Brutal Cathar, and you're just like, oh, man, I'm so far behind. <laughs> yeah. And now it's just like, oh, they pay their, like, 2-3 flyer that I can't kill. I'm, like, really right. far behind now. So, like, a Brutal Cathar would stay on the battlefield. So, like, if you, like, ate a Brutal Cathar... Mm-hmm. With, well, if you turn a brutal Cathar into a treasure, you wouldn't get your thing back. And then if they oh, sack, that's true. And if you uh, if they sack the treasure, then you wouldn't get your thing back because brutal Cathar's like return it to the battlefield text would be gone. Right, because it lost its ability. Yeah, so that's the thing to keep in mind. Yeah, that's I. That's a weird interaction. I am sure that they were not planning on having this in brutal Cathar, both in standard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a very strange interaction. All right. So what do we got? Is this another card for that uh, one, two, three deck? Exactly. Yeah. So this is Malcolm, a Loring Scoundrel. Nice, nice name I can say. It's a. Uh, there you go. It is a one in the blue for a legendary pure, uh, legendary creature, Siren Pirate. It's a two one flash flying, and when it deals combat damage to a player. Put a chorus counter on it. Draw a Ooh, card. So we got nuts chorus and plus one plus one counters. Yeah, we someone someone looked at this the card file from Alpha and was like, more <laughs> of this. We're gonna get like 
plus two minus one counters before too much longer. Yep. But we put a chorus counter on it and draw a card, then discard a card. If there are four more chorus counters on Malcolm, you may cast uh, the discarded card without paying its mana cost. Mm, that's um, cool. I mean, an evasive two mana flash fly uh, flash creature that like lets you hold up make disappear. Yeah. Right. Like this is like a super kind of like tempo play where you just like go and then if they don't yeah. do anything you play this and now you're like slowly like grinding through your deck right mm-hmm. and it's a looter like it has to hit but looter scooter did a ton of work no it was a 3-3 sure three, three, but yeah. like that looting was super beneficial yeah and then you get to the point where like now granted if you've hit them four times they're at 12 you're like well right. on your way to winning but like by the time you get the fourth one you just get to cast something for free yeah and like there's no restrictions on that like you could no. cast the Holebreaker horror yeah you just get to get them yeah you're like tempo plays and then you just cast the Holebreaker horror <laughs> like ta-da surprise surprise and then you get to do that from every turn there on out also yeah um I would assume you do that once and win the game, but Probably. I could be wrong. Uh, but we well, also I mean, not if you're casting like I don't know, like small tempo creatures. You're Fair. probably not just going to win the game, but um, and we also have quick study the the instant speed divination from last set. Yep. Right. Oh yeah, so, that's a good one. All right. So that now you just um, three cards. Yeah, but like um. But again, like on turn three, you're holding oh, up yeah. your, what was it, Confounding Riddle, yep. your Malcolm, or your Quick Study, mm-hmm. or your Make Disappear. Do do what you will. Yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, this is this is um, one, of, one of my complaints about sticking Flash on everything, is there used to be a time where like you had to decide if you were going to go Shields down and play a threat. Right. And now... In modern magic, you don't have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. You're just like, hey, oh. you, know, you know what else has flash? What? Hullbreaker horror. It does. It does. <laughs> but like, there there was a time where like you had to like you know make a choice. Yeah. And you know, cards like this are like, no, you don't. No, yep. don't. no choice to be made. There, there's no tension here. Just cast you it when it's best. Have your cake and eat it too. But no, I think this card is like strong and like a tempo play. It's a lush, and you can probably play like two or three. <clears throat> but it does loot away the extra copies. It does. So. Um, I guess there's the only way to put extra chorus counters on it is to proliferate, right? You can't. Yeah. Or give it double strike. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Is there a cheap equipment that gives it double strike? Not that I know of off the top of my head. Yeah. Give them a few months. The okay. knuckles. The oh, brass knuckles. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, And then one last card here. One last card in blue. We got Tishana's Tidebinder. Uh, two and a blue for a 3-2 Merfolk Wizard. Again with Flash. When Tishana's Tidebinder enters the battlefield, counter up to one target activated or triggered ability. 
If an ability of an artifact creature or planeswalker is countered this way, that permanent loses all abilities for as long as Tashana's Tidebinder remains on. Uh, and in parentheses, mana abilities cannot be targeted. Fair. Because you don't want to stone rain your opponent. Right. Um, this is, again, like a super like nimble obstructionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't fly, but like it just turns a shieldred into a four five. No text, because mm-hmm. it gets triggered ability. So like, right. you draw your card, you put it on the stack, and then you just flash this in. Right. <clears throat> um, it shuts off planeswalkers. It sure does. Right, uh, answers a uh, wandering emperor pretty nice. Yeah, so it's very much like. Um. I know it's it's like our uh, kite sail larcenist. Mm-hmm. It's not quite brutal Cathar, but it's close, right? And like I don't know, a flash three two is not great, but like as a fail case, it's fine. Mm-hmm. What about uh, implications in fish? Um, people had talked about putting this in Merfolk, like it's. It's, like, not quite as good. Like, I don't know. On the, like, beat-down tempo plan, it's not as good as, say, Merfolk Trickster. Yeah. Which is going to get, like, a blocker out of the way and, like, get you in. But in terms of, like, dealing with, like, a long-term problem or some, mm-hmm. like, Planeswalker you can't otherwise deal with in Fish, like, this well, seems pretty like good. Like, this answers a Fury. Oh, yeah, it does. Well, I guess kind of. It would it would answer the ability, but then Fury would lose evoke or no, because the evoke trigger would still be on the stack. Yeah, so then it would then it would get evoked. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's another weird interaction. Yeah, but yeah, like I mean, decks like Fish struggle with Fury because it just sweeps your board up mm-hmm. when you're trying to build it, and this answers that pretty pretty well, pretty cleanly. Um. Yeah, I, it could be good in fish. I hadn't thought about that. I was just thinking more like it's, again, like a weird Banisher Priest kind of effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and like blue decks have a hard time dealing with Planeswalkers. Yes. And this is like a good way to deal with a Planeswalker. Yep. Um, okay, it's only that permanent. It's not like all copies of it, so... If they're gonna right, play another yeah. Teferi. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's it is very much in the realm of um like the the kite sail larcenist banisher mm-hmm. priest kind of thing. Or like it's almost uh, witness protection. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's still it leaves the thing big though. It leaves the thing big, but you know, which is like if you like the rest of your deck is like two one flyers that loot and yeah. two three flyers that uh, banisher pre something something or brutal cathar something for uh, all the all the zoomers out there, um, like having a a like shield would just be a four or five, yeah, is like not the end of the world. You're just right. like I'm gonna fly over you and you just can't gain life. Yeah, like that works. So yeah, 
they have some really weird blue cards that feel like they're like they're doing things the way they're worded is like yeah man this is blue <laughs> but what's like thematically blue but not color pie blue yeah like yeah. oh yeah the way you like kind of couch this oh it's blue doing tricky stuff but it's like no that's just like a removal we had remember minimus containment yep that the white card for three mana that turns your thing into a treasure now we have the blue version, but it's like, oh, it's kind of tricky and blue. It's like, yeah, but it's weird. Like, these, both of these feel kind of white. Like, this is like the doing it once, the stifle, nibble, obstructionist thing. But yeah. then, then the fact that it, like, then hangs around. Yeah, that's that seems more white. Yeah. So, like, the first line of text, counter it, or to the first period blue yep the second sentence white white all right i think that wraps up blue right i, I think so i think we can get all through right. black there aren't that many cards and then we'll probably call it after we get through black sounds like a plan uh so moving on to black we have bitter triumph one in a black for an instant as an additional cost to cast this spell, discard a card or pay three life. Destroy target creature or planeswalk. So I looked at this as this is the black lightning axe. Now, yeah. it is double the mana. I know. Mm -hmm. But like the reason people play lightning axe is, yes, it's cheap, but also it enables shenanigans. Right. You get to discard a card. You get to discard a card. So you get this. And then it's also, like, worse Infernal Grasp, where Infernal mm -hmm. Grasp costs you two, uh, two life, and this costs you three, right? But you're, like, you may, you're probably on the discard a card side if you're going to play this, mm -hmm. but if you, you have the fail case a lot of times, if you can pay the three life. Sure. Hopefully. Right, but you're like, oh, I'm going to, like, reanimate my, uh, oh, God, my Atraxa. Mm -hmm. So I've got my reanimation spell. I'll kill your thing, discard my Atraxa, then get it back. Yep. Or my Itali or whatever. And this gives you, like, a way to do that kind of easily. Mm -hmm. So it's just not a, it's kind of the pioneer, uh, what is it, bone, is it bone shards? Is that the Modern Horizons yeah. card? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's kind of the Pioneer Bone Shards. Bone Splinter, Bone Shard, I think, whichever. Yeah, whichever one lets you also lets you or discard a card. Yeah. So. That, um, was, that was all. That was all I had for this one. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were going like down the Death Shadow route. I mean, you could. I mean, also like, also like turn to. Bitter Triumph, kill your thing, discard my Parhelia, and play my Grease Fang. <laughs> yeah, that's cute too. It's also like, I was like, oh, it'd be a, uh, it'd be it'd be a shame if something happened to uh, your your uh, creature that's stopping me from getting back my Parhelion. Oh no, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have the uh, um, Death Shadow at home that's uh, Pioneer legal. Oh yeah. And you have Thought Seize there. And this is just another way for you to pay life to turn it on. Yeah, like, 
shock thought sees shock kill your thing then play your mortality shadow yeah i mean that's reasonable yeah. it could probably work maybe um so the next up is i have three cards and they're all i all kind of want to say the same thing about all of them okay um well the, i want to ask the same question of all of them i should say um the first one is chupacabra echo okay. two black black for a three two with Fathomless Descent, when Chupacabra Echo enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls gets neg X, neg X until end of turn. X is the number of permanent cards in your... How close is this to Chupacabra? So, you cut out for a second. It's, it's number of oh. permanent cards in your graveyard. So, yep. neg X, neg X, okay. Um, it is Chupacabra that you have to do significantly more work for. Yeah, I mean, right. you don't just get to, like kill something yeah so like i think that's like a big difference right because like yeah chupacabra like saw play in like standard decks that like didn't care about their graveyard at all right right it was just like a four mana two for one yeah and like once you've done the work this is kind of the same thing and it's a little bit bigger yeah it, it is a, a lot more work though like realistically, more. the three two doesn't change the clock that much. Um, no, and you you do have to be a lot more careful about like when you're putting stuff in the graveyard to turn this on. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think that this is going to see the same play same play as uh, Revenous Chupacabra did. No, no. Like um, one thing that like has been true over the last few years of like of of standard and like constructed magic is like cards that have a fail case yeah rarely see play right right and like your opponent could play a rest in peace or you could just have nothing in your graveyard true or like no permanence and then you just have a four mana three two which isn't good enough right so yeah i think it's not going to see play just because you have to do that extra work mm -hmm. all right the next one is fanatical offering one in a black for an instant is an additional cost to sac cast this spell, sacrifice an artifact or a creature. This sounds familiar. It does. Uh, draw two cards and create a map token. So this is Deadly Dispute, but instead of a treasure, you get a map. Yep. Mm. How much of a downgrade is a, a map to a treasure? I kind of think it's pretty big. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, like I, I think, like the reason that people played Deadly Dispute was because it let them ramp the next turn, mm -hmm. and uh, this isn't that. Like the Shambling Ghast, yeah. Get a treasure from it, get a treasure from Deadly Dispute, and then like play a five drop on turn three. Yeah, was like a horrible play pattern in Standard when you were on the other side of it. Right, you're just like oh. Um, the other thing that's awkward is that, in like we mentioned before, in order to use a map token, you have to have a creature. And if you're sacrificing your creature to this thing, you have one less creature to use your map token. Mm -hmm. So um, like the map token might just do nothing. I mean, there there have been many a times where people have sacrificed their, uh, their oh gosh, treasure oh, their to the next deadly, deadly dispute. dispute. Yeah, I guess so, you could sacrifice so like your map to So, this still has map. that value there. Yeah. But, 
No, I think the like the amount of times that like that treasure got used as like it's like seemingly it was like I'm going to use deadly dispute as a ramp spell. Yep. This is like a ritual. Yep. Was pretty high. Yep. So yeah, I think like I do we have anything like I guess we have the Reckoner's Bargain from Kamigawa that's like I think it's it might be creature artifact as well. And it's like you gain life equal to its mana cost or something. Yeah. Right, like this is better than that. Mm-hmm. Like just because it gives you the material to do it again. Again. But yep. yeah, I don't like this is like de- deadly dispute at home. So while we were talking about deadly dispute at home, uh, we mentioned shambling guests a couple times, right? We did. So how about greedy freebooter? Uh, black mana for a one-one human pirate. When it dies, scry one and create a treasure. I think. How shambling- close are we to shambling guest? Like you are getting, like you're losing the flexibility, right? Like. Yeah. You didn't always need the treasure from Shambling Ghast. You didn't always want the Neg One, Neg One. But like the fact that you had those options, even if it was like 80 20 treasure to Neg One, Neg One, the times where you got to like sack it to Deadly Dispute and kill yeah. your opponent's thing just were well, great. So one of one of the things I noted, um, obviously I have cast lots of Shambling Ghasts. That is very much my type of card. Um, one of the things I noticed that was kind of a common occurrence when playing Shambling Ghast is that your opponent was very reluctant to attack into it. Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily matter if you could kill their thing outright or not. J- just the fact that you had the decision that you could either make the treasure or like potentially trade up or get a two-for-one or whatever meant that a single Shambling Ghast could keep like two creatures at bay for a couple turns mm-hmm. whereas like this is never gonna do yeah this only ever kills an x1 shamil glass yeah. kills x2s and could potentially kill two x1s yeah or so, kill an x1 and ramp you or whatever yeah um i think it's it's close mm-hmm. but um i do still think the shamil gas is better the only thing that we we can say about greedy freebooter that we probably couldn't say for the uh, the other ones is it may have better creature types or it does true right human I get well, I don't know shameless guys is a zombie yeah zombies a pretty good creature type and yeah human human is a good creature type yeah. not that this kind of does human deck things right but it is still a human and can like get triggers and buffs off of human things mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I think Shamlin Gast is in general better. I'm gonna So we we don't have we don't have Shamblin Gast and we don't have Deadly Dispute in standard though. Yeah, I mean So do you think that the combination of Fanatical Offering and Greedy Freebrooder Freebrooder? Freebrooder Free Brooder. <laughs> is uh, close enough to Deadly Dispute Shamblin Gast to see play or is it, did we just miss completely? It might be, and the reason it might be is, like, a turn three shieldred is devastating. Yeah. Right? If you're, like, greedy freebrooder, uh, block, sack, 
to the uh, to the uh, whatever fanatical whatever, yeah. and then turn three play a shieldred. Yeah. Right. Like that's just like, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Um. So maybe I don't know. Like the problem is, is like the black cards are already pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right, like, do you need greedy free free brute? God, we can't say it. Greedy <laughs> freebooter and fanatical whatever. Do you need that package in your deck? Probably, or not. is it just like random stuff in your deck that doesn't really help it? Yeah, it is. This is also again putting on getting on my soapbox. This is why making a bigger standard doesn't fix your problems. True. Right, like, oh, like. These can't outcompete Shieldred and uh, Graveyard Trespasser and a Misery Shadow. Yeah. Right. So, like, why bother? I will. I will add since we're doing um, which is better. I mm-hmm. will. I, I will. I will surprise you with one. Okay. Uh, let me make sure I can have the right. Uh, there it was. Uh, uh, well, the only reason I was doing a which was better here is because. When I was going through the card file, um, I, it was like these three cards caught my eye all in a row. Okay. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of kind of a little fun game to play in the middle of the show. Let's just Here talk about all three of these cards. Here we go. Here's one. So we have, I, I don't know, uh, I guess we'll do the, 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 we were doing the new version first. Okay. Uh, Deep Cavern Bat. One in mm-hmm. a black for a 1-1 one, one creature bat with flying and lifelink. When Deep Cavern Bat enters the battlefield, look at target opponent's hand. You may exile a non-land card from it until Deep Cavern Bat leaves the battlefield. Versus Kite Sail Freebooter. Well, I mean, Freebooter has better creature types, but I think I'd rather have the bat. Yeah, because Freebooter says non-creature, non-land. Yeah. So, like, the bat is just Mesmeric Fiend? Mm -hmm. That flies and has lifelink? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and yeah so like if you're playing a human deck right and you're on 12 rainbow lands for creature types yeah kaisel freebooter all day you have one job take their wrath <laughs> right yeah. you and thalia team up make sure we don't get wrath but mm-hmm. like if you're just playing like you know like again like random black deck Right, maybe you're like, okay, bat, like I need you to take their wrath or take the removal sh- uh, spell from my boy Shieldred, so right. or my girl Shieldred, so that uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what you get to be when you're like half like giant send the speed feed spider thing, yeah, whatever. Uh, but pick, pick your pronouns. Yeah, but you know, protect my girl so I can like win the game off the back of this uh, four or five. Yeah. Um. But like. You know, that card is just like better kind of better freebooter with like worse creature types. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if they if it was like deep cavern freebooter and it was a one one pirate with like the same like abilities, you'd be like, Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think only yeah. only the um really only the the creature types the only thing that like, gives you pause. I guess like one less toughness, but like That's not really that big a deal that's on not the big a deal. The cheap flyer. Yeah, so, but there you go. Yep. Who wore it better? 
who wore who wore this better? There you go. All right. The uh, next card we got here is Souls of the Lost. This is one in a black for a spirit. That is star slash star plus one. As an additional cost to cast this spell, discard a card or sacrifice a permanent. And it has fathomless descent. Souls of the Lost's power is equal to the number of permanent cards in your graveyard, and its toughener is equal to that number plus one. Um, its flavor text is, do you remember us? Do you remember when a card like this was playable? <laughs> I remember you, Tarmogoyf. Um, so it is a Tarmogoyf that can get bigger than a 6-7. But also has a downside. Also has potentially a downside. a downside. Right. I mean, like, again, do you have some way to um to like make use of the discard? Or, you know, do you have like, you know, your greedy freebooter that you're okay mm-hmm. sacking? Well I th- my first thought was like Tarmogoyf isn't good anymore. So why is Tarmogoyf with Downside going to any different story? I think you're probably right. Like, two mana big like he, big isn't good enough anymore. Right. Like, even if Tarmogoyf was Pioneer legal, I don't know that it would see play. No. Um, if it was Standard legal, I know it wouldn't see play. Like, it's so much harder to get the card types in your graveyard and Pioneer and Standard than it is in Modern. And then, like, to add a Downside on top of that? Yeah. I mean, again, they're trying they're trying to make the downside like an upside for descend or whatever. Sure. But again, cards that require work just don't get played. Yep. Right. So, like, you play this, and your opponent plays like a graveyard trespasser. Oh. Like, like <laughs> you're just, you, it's just over, right? Like, you just yeah. like you just spent two cards to have an O one for the rest of the game. Right. Like that just doesn't doesn't work. Yep. Uh, I guess to say one two on your turn before they get to attack and eat your graveyard. <laughs> um, sure. I just thought of something as we were going through this. Okay. Uh, our next set is like clue at Markov Manor or whatever. Yeah. How much you want to bet we have madness? This whole set's oh, full of madness enablers. That's true. Um, I think that I think they mentioned something about. Uh, it's a Karlov Manor. It's Karlov on Ravnica, Manor. Okay. Not Innistrad. Um, so like House Karlov, Orzov, whatever. Oh yeah, Tessa Karlov. Yeah. Okay. Um, or Tessa. But whatever. I th- I think that's supposed to have like an Eldritch vibe. Okay. Which would fit with like madness. a madness theme. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe you're like, right. I mean, there are like a ton of madness enablers in this set. Yeah. That, like, I love madness. I that would be awesome if. It- yeah, like if we had like uh, some more madness cards, like that would be, that would be yeah. great. And not that, not that it's going to be like, you know, true Ravnica themed with like all the guilds, but like madness is super a Rakdos mechanic anyway. Yeah, I don't know how it's never made it into a Ravnica set with Rakdos, but yeah, it's always been in like, like supplemental draft products and like yeah, like Innistrad, right? Yeah, and I guess like way on, back, onslaught or whatever. Yeah, like well, yeah, onslaught a long time ago, like its first appearance. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, there we go. We we've planted our flag for uh, 
uh, for Cold Madness. shot for the next set. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stalactite Stalker is a black for a 1-1 Goblin Rogue with Menace. At the beginning of each end step, if you descend to this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on it and pay two and a black, sack it. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn where X is Stalactite Stalker's power. It's uh, your end step, not each end step. Oh, your end step. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's just just your turn. Um, so it's been pointed out that this card is comically easy to be a 2-2 and yes. modern. Uh, I mean, I think it's comically easy to be a 2-2 in most formats. I mean, on, on like so like the like play a fetch land fetch. Oh, yeah. And then play oh, this. Oh, like turn one, you mean. Turn one, you get a 2-2. Yeah. A 2-2 two, two menace. With so menace. Like, yeah, so it's Goblin Guide with only upside. Right. It doesn't have haste, but like one mana 2-2 two, two kind of thing. Yep. Um, so like in modern, it's going to like grow pretty quickly, but the problem is it's like Fatal Push, Portable Hole, mm-hmm. uh, Cut Down. Mm-hmm. Like just all, like you're going to, like your opponent's going to be, no matter how big it is, your opponent's going to be able to trade. Uh, but it is... Is this the best black one drop that you can actually play on turn one? Like you can't yeah, play probably De- you can't play Death Shadow on turn one. Right. So I think like for the black one drop, this might be the best black one drop. Period. Yeah. Um. You're you're also like turning it on is like you. It's comically easy. Mm-hmm. You have to put in like actually zero work to make this do the thing. Like yeah, you're you just, just going to do game. this every turn. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that like them killing your one drop is a huge like you're not deal. down anything if that happens, and mm-hmm. if they don't kill it, you are like so far up. Uh do you remember uh one of my least favorite decks, Blue Black Rogues? Yep. They had like one one drop in that deck. Yep. Uh, no, they had the terrible like one mana one one like merfolk wind whatever like the flying rogue yeah. wind rubber yeah this card's so much better than that oh yeah right like uh and then like late game if you need to get a you know a flying blocker out of the way mm-hmm. you have the ability and it I also mean, you could swing and then do that you don't have to tap it to do the thing so yeah you can crack in and then sack it and also like the uh the the blue black lord or not Lord, but plus one, plus O. Yep. Right. Grows this guy's uh, power for its its, abil- its sack ability as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like this card just seems really strong. Like, mm-hmm. I think it almost definitely has a home in Blue Black Rogues. Like, I'd much rather have this than like Merfolk Wind Robber. Yeah. Um, I don't know that like strong is the right word because like the card itself, I don't think. Like super powerful. I don't think it's over. Oh no. Um, but it. I think it's definitely good, and we'll see play. Like if yeah. you're if you're in the market for some sort of aggressive X black deck, um, tag your it, buddy. Yeah. I mean, also, if this would have been in cons block, we would have lost our minds. Like we've just oh, been yeah. desensitized. True. <laughs> right. Like you'd be like, oh my yeah. god. So. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, this this card is solid, and being a rogue, and like being a goblin can also be useful. 
Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and black is one of the goblin colors. So, mm-hmm. and black is a rogue color. Like it's just like perfectly cool. split. Yep. All right, we got one more card for today. Uh, Tarion's Journal. This is one in a black for a legendary artifact. You can tap, sacrifice another artifact or creature to draw a card. Activate only as a sorcery. It's a good way to turn on descend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can pay two and tap and discard your hand to transform Tarion's journal. Okay. And then it transforms into the Tomb of Elkatots. Uh, it's a legendary cave. Tap to add a black. Or you can tap it and cast a creature spell from your graveyard this turn. If you do, it enters a battlefield with a finality counter on it and is a vampire in types. Um, is this our third or f- this is our fourth different type of counter in this set? Yeah, sure is. Clean. Clean design, yep. no notes. Yep. Um, I don't know how often you're going to want to flip this over. Okay. Like, the front side is, like, everything a sacrifice deck wants. Yeah, I mean, it kind of stinks that it's at sorcery speed, but yeah. Yeah, you're just like, doop to doop to doop I'll just, like, sack this fodder and draw cards, like, greedy freebooter. Sorry, yep. buddy. Go away. Uh, shambling gas, go away. Oh, I yeah, have I mean, some I have some foods. Like I'll sack a cat, get my cat yeah. back. Yep. Right, like it's it's not it's like it's not witch's oven. But mm-hmm. it's in that same like ballpark of just like this is like a card advantage thing. And what's weird is like the first of the sack ability is at odds with the flip ability, right? True. The top ability is like, fill your hand up, sucker. And then the bottom ability is like, one with nothing yourself. <laughs> uh, and you're like, I don't want a one with nothing myself. Oh, did I um, just think of, okay. Like, is this just like the dridgiest dridge card ever? Well, yeah, that's why I assumed you put it on the list. Um, oh, I was. <laughs> I, I did not think that two mana for um, sacrifice something to draw a card was worth it like we we already have that on like a few other cards okay they never really got anywhere um i assume that you put this here for i i just i just realized yeah that maybe there could be a deck that wants to one with nothing itself yeah um and then like i don't know cat cast something um no i was thinking of just like like i guess i don't know what like like you could like I was thinking like this could be a thing you could play in um like red black sack or something yeah. like that. But I guess also like those decks against like a control deck, you will get to a point where you just don't have a hand. Yeah. And then just like flip this over, get to recast all the cards out of my graveyard. Mm-hmm. Can be good, like in a super long game. For sure. Where you're like doing the top thing. And then you're just like, oh, I don't have any more cards. And, like, yeah. you can do this at instant speed. Mm-hmm. It's like end of your turn, flip it. Right. Or if they try no. to, uh, what? Well, I was just going to say, if, if, go ahead and finish your thought. I say, if they, to... like, try to interact with the artifact, you can flip it into the land. Yeah. Uh, um, you had said, uh, I don't know, a couple minutes ago or whatever, that this this was no witch's oven. Mm-hmm. Uh you mean Witch's Oven is better than this, or Witch's Oven is worse than this? So, 
Because I could see an argument both ways. I think, as I, like, so specifically with like Cat, Witch's Oven is way better than this. True. Yeah. Um, with generic creature. Yeah. I think this is better than Witch's Oven. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe not. It depends if Cat is in your deck. Yes. Like, do you like have a use for the your... food? Yeah. If like Cat Oven is in the deck, I don't think that. This is, I think you would rather have a fifth Witch's Oven than your first Tarian's Journal. Probably. Um, so my question to you was going to be, um, forget about the discard your hand, flip it, if we knock a mana off this. I think it's really good then, right? Like... Yeah, it, like I think that's what the problem is. I think that's what my problem is, is it, with is this it, card. Is it two? Is it cost, is it, yeah, it costs two. And I guess, like, it feels like they're trying to be safe. Make it two and as a sorcery. Yeah. Right, like, I guess, like, if you, if you, like, if it was one and as a sorcery, okay, maybe. If yeah. it's two and at instant speed, okay, maybe. But maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe that the combination of those two things. Yeah. But I was just more on, like, the... Just kind of like grinding through creatures, having things to sacrifice. Like yeah. if you're gonna play, like you know, there's a oh, what is it called? Some weird fungus thing. Uh, I did I did a good job. This whole set's weird fungus things. <laughs> um, there's a lot of weird fungus things in this set. Sure, there is. There is. Oh gosh, what is it? Oh, there's Synapse Necromage. Yeah. Um. Right, the three mana three one that dies into two fun guys. Mm-hmm. Right, so like, if you like feed that to this, then you get yeah. more food for it. So there are like things you can do with it, but maybe, maybe we're to the point of you. You would rather have you know, um, Oni Cult Anvil yeah. kind of things where like it makes its own food. Right. Yeah, like a, a deck like that just wants to keep its engine going. And drawing a card is nice and lets you rebuild, but it doesn't keep the engine going. Fair. And I think at two mana, like, you want to be doing other things on your second turn instead mm-hmm. of setting up for a potential play down the road. So Fair enough. All right. I was... Like, I can see the merits of it, but I I wasn't, like, super-duper high on this card. I think it's fine, but I don't think it's... Amazing. Yeah. All right. the bee's knees. So we are an hour and 20 minutes in, and we have made it through black. So I think we'll call it here, and we'll do red, green, colorless, and then cycles next time. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. So um, if you would reach out to us on social media. Wait, wait, wait. With that, I think we got a show. We got a show. All right. <laughs> you, didn't wanna see, there. you didn't want to see people on the internet a few weeks ago. I almost didn't know it was a show. <laughs> We're just It's just falling apart. We're in a cave. We're in a cave. It's, it's that was hard. my excuse last week. We're it's still so, in the cave. It's hard. Um, I so, can't see the light. I can't see the light. I, can't, I don't know what I'm supposed to say next. But if you want to... Reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Discord. Uh, X going to give it to you. Um, mm-hmm. Email. All those, all those things are in the description below. Come say hey. Give us suggestions. 
Tell us why Tarion's journal is secretly the most busted discard in the history of busted discards. Yeah, tell us what we got right, what we got wrong, what you wanted to hear about instead. Yeah. We're all ears. Uh, if you're looking to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. First, as always, is our TCG player affiliate link, casualtryhard.com slash TCG. Surf on over there, purchase whatever you're going to purchase, and support the show at the same time. We would really appreciate it. Uh, the second way is through our Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes. They get access to our pre-show. Double the content out of us every week. And you get put on my mailing list when I have swag to if any of that sounds, yeah. If any of that sounds good to you, or if you really just want to support the show, how show if you want to show us how much you appreciate it, uh, Patreon.com/slash/CasualTryHardMTG. You can chip a couple bucks in, mm-hmm. help keep the show going. And Thanks we promise, patrons. We promise one day we'll learn how to like talk. Eventually, you think? Uh, how long is this? Three years in? Four years in? We almost talk four about- years in. M- more. Yeah, no, more than four, almost five. True. Yeah. Yeah, two fifty two is wow. Is uh, is like over four years, almost five. Holy moly! We've been doing this too long. We have. We have. <laughs> yeah. You know, what'd you say when we first started this? How many episodes did we have to do to be a success? I don't it know. It was like some crazy statistic, like the number of podcasts. Oh, that more than. Oh, it's like most podcasts don't make it like. 10 episodes and if you make it 20 episodes then you just like keep doing it yeah yeah so it was like 20 or something and we've done 252 and we're not independently wealthy yet what come on what's the matter with us (laughs) we're doing it wrong (laughs) i guess the problem is is we're doing it for fun yeah i mean all those schmucks that are doing it for money are doing it wrong yeah man by this many episodes if you were marshall you'd have already replaced me with a pro tour winner (laughs) (laughs) you'd have replaced me with a pro tour winner (laughs) hi i'm brian and then like hello i'm paulo beecher tomato rosa (laughs) and welcome to the not so casual try hard podcast my name is javier dominguez (laughs) exactly there we go there we go we could we could get we could at least get like expiring spike or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have we figured how to get like an almost pro tour champion or someone who aspires <laughs> to be that. Um Hey, we got a Brad. We got a Brad, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got Thanks, a Thanks Brad, you're awesome. We got a we <laughs> we got a uh celebrity of the popper uh the PDH community. It's true. There we go. We need to be a celebrity of a community. We're 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 a minor celebrity in hiding in the Myrtle Beach game in the Myrtle Beach uh, Magic community. <laughs> yeah, the one that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, we come out and we remember remember the good old days when we knew your names. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, new guy? Yeah, all I right. Don't recognize any of you. Exactly. You're all babies. What's going on? Why are all your decks so big? Oh, you only play commander. Oh. Why are you all sitting next to each other like that? That's weird. Yeah, I don't like it. Is this when a two- are they going to put pairings up? <laughs> yeah. Is this a two-headed giant game? Please, can we stop? <laughs> I've been waiting around for pairings for two hours. When's that going to start? Exactly. <laughs> There's an app on your phone, old man. We don't do paper pairings anymore. What? Oh. <laughs> what? 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 Yeah. All right. So with that, we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet.